0: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kinda like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, BDW group. void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This year, leaving certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to bloodandmud.com podcast, your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. Uh, We are very much not the wholemeal pizza dough of rugby podcasting. (sighs) fuck's
2: sake. I am. (laughs) I I am. (laughs) No, we're not. Delicious wholemeal pizza dough of nutritious and delightful. We are
1: more like a pure white, thin and crispy offering. Sort of like a good version of Johnny May. (laughs) But who we actually are is I am Lee Calvert, the editor of BloodandMud.com. I was and, wondering how you were going to
2: get yourself and out he is there. metaphorical cul
1: Rugby or And we are here to deliver episode 54 of the only rugby podcast you will ever need, although other ones are available. But why would you want to bother with that? I, um, I genuinely
2: don't
1: know. You can get in touch with the pod at BloodandMud, which is me, and you can get in touch with Josh.
2: Uh, at Josh Gardner or indeed at RugbyShirtWatch.com.
1: You can. You can also listen to us on Acast, on iTunes, or anywhere else you can stick the RSS feed. Uh, you can, why not subscribe while you're there? You can subscribe on the Acast app, which is a very good app, and you can subscribe on iTunes, of course, and please leave us your reviews. We now have another review this, this week, Josh.
3: Mm.
1: And it's from Ribs1456, and he says, By and large, going really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, at
2: least he's listening. Uh, at
1: least he's listening, yeah. He's paying attention. He says, Entertaining, swearing and similes, this podcast is great value for a Tuesday morning, packed with good witty anecdotes on rugby and insightful analysis the wishy-washy sports channels and newspapers don't and can't show. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I love their realism and ability to resist the hype that surrounds so many of rugby's younger players and teams. I think in a lot of words, he's liking the fact we're miserable and not happy I was going to say, they're,
2: they're, uh, that is... Yeah, there's a, a, an angle to that, which yeah. you could also take, that we're a <laughs> bunch of miserable fucks, but yeah. hey
1: But, you know, yeah. the debate is strong, but largely uncontentious as they agree on most things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah,
2: that is true, actually, isn't it? We, but that's we why, try to disagree on We do things, try and but...
1: disagree, we do, honestly, but, but he finishes with, but that's why you can watch or listen to other rugby stuff out there if you want people <laughs> to disagree with each other. Yeah, he's absolutely right, yeah. but why would you want to? When you can come I, and hear us disagreeing about how much we think, agreeing about how much you think everything's crap. What, why would you not a world want that?
2: Where everybody disagrees about everything all the time. Don't you just long yes. for a little bit of consensus now and yes. then?
1: There's no dog whistle rugby coverage here.
2: <laughs> Damn straight.
1: Anyway, he finishes with, makes me laugh every time I listen. Great pod. Thank you very much, Ribs1456, for your lovely, lovely review. You can leave a review on it, iTunes. You never know, we might read it out. Even if it's a horrible yeah. one, but we don't tend to get those. So please leave nice no. ones. So what are we going to talk about this week? We're going to talk well, about uh, some some losses again. Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, some mascots. We're going to talk about the weekend's action. We've got a bit of a quote game coming your way. We're going to talk about Ben Ryan and how he thinks we're all shit at rugby. <laughs> that is kind of what he said, isn't it? We're going to come up on that later. Basically, and then, of course, yeah. we've got the, the legendary shit good ratings and we've got the previews of the Six Nations For next week, before we get stuck into anything, uh, let's just remind everybody that you can still get £10 off a nice crate of craft ale if you go to beer52.com and use the code BLOODMUD10. You'll get £10 off a lovely crate of ale. Yeah. Indeed. Um, Before we get into the teeth of things, um, I'm getting quite sick of starting podcasts by saying we've lost a young (sighs) rugby player again. It's,
2: what, three weeks now we've had... We lost Juice, we lost Luwaki last week, and... Yeah. and now, now it's Dan course, Vickerman. Yeah,
1: which... 37.
2: Um, yeah, i level with you. This one has kind of knocked me for six, probably more than the other two mm. have, just because he's 37.
1: <laughs> 37, bright look, lad. Yeah. Varsity player. Tough as old boots. And, um, yeah.
2: and, you know, obviously the circumstances surrounding it are still not clear, but it... Mm, there's it's, already Pete,
1: Owen Finnegan's come out talking about how he wasn't handling the transition to retirement very well. Isn't yeah,
2: it? well, I think it's mildly. It's, I don't really like the level of weird innuendo that they've created by not talking about it.
1: The difficulty then, is the press often don't want to report of it as suicide because it's a kind of policy not to in case you get copy to cats or encouragement, isn't it? Yeah, they got, you're not they supposed got, to
2: say how they did it or anything like that. They got heavily yeah.
1: battered for doing that about Robin Williams, didn't they? Daily Mail yeah. in particular. So, it's, um, the,
2: it's the thing of they, they don't say, they sort of nudge and wink at it for the entire story and then put a load of suicide helplines at the end of it. Well, if it, was
1: like, a, if it was a physical condition that is said, because they always don't they said it they was a heart do, problem. Yeah.
2: And I mean, it's, what can you say? It's fucking horrifically tragic. And it's, and yeah, it's
1: it's yeah. It's quite apt. It's come out. It, I think it came out the day before, just before the launch of the the, R, yeah. the RPA's Lift the Weight campaign, yeah. which and, I've yeah. retweeted. And if you don't know about it, go and have a look at Lift the Weight because it's easy to start getting trite about these things and saying, oh, you know, don't Absolutely. be afraid to talk and things like that. Well, actually, no, seriously, don't. Yeah, I've got some. Um, Quite close personal experience of mental health issues, uh, clinical depression yeah. in particular, and it is absolutely horrific. Uh, the person and... is unrecognizable from the person that you knew, and they will feel and completely and utterly worthless. So honestly, uh, take it seriously, reach out, and don't end up in the yeah. situation that people find themselves in.
2: And do, and, and we give him a lot of stick, but do read Stephen Jones's piece in the times that, true uh, yeah it is a good place. The, the lift the weight thing where he, you know he's talking to Duncan Bell he's talking to Johnny Wilkinson you know it it does ram home the point that it does not matter how successful or brilliant or wonderful you are you know it it's your brain can be a traitorous fucker no matter who yes you are and what you do
1: yes and no matter how successful you are the worthlessness that comes with depression is Very, very hard to explain if you haven't been close to it, is what I will say. So I'm sorry to bring everybody down a bit there, uh, but please, you know, be aware of it. not to
2: mention it. And yeah, Yeah. obviously we're gutted for his family, for everybody that knew him, particularly in Australian rugby. And uh, yeah, another fucking sad, horrible week.
1: Let's try and move us on from that. We do try, and yes. let, you know. We do try and have a light-hearted look at rugby here. You know, <laughs> it, you know it is hating a lot of it a lot of the time. Mm. We do actually, we do. You know what? I would hate to think that people think we don't love the game. We do. We <laughs> just, we're just kind of harsh critics of it. I suppose I do yes. bloody love the game. As anybody could see, my you know trouser explosion over Baptiste Saran will demonstrate. I do love the game.
2: Exactly. And um, you know, we love it. We we we're, we're hard on it because we love it. We're yes. Like a...
1: And we're not cheerleaders, and we're not PR people. No. Unless it's Canterbury, because, you know, obviously, as you know, we, we suck them off, <laughs> as somebody on, somebody on the internet once said. Oh,
3: yeah, that's good, does not it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, <laughs> last week I talked about the um, ridiculous blue hype, U tree, Jimmy savile hype bird at the under-20 20, under 20 oh, yes. game at Wales. Of course, the, and I and I, th- I threw it out there, and I said, has anybody come across, if you come across mascots that are more desperate than that, then please let me know. Well, Paul Johns got in touch on Twitter. I love the internet. You think that's bad. Hold my beer. Challenge accepted. Paul Johns came out and got in touch. Uh, talked about Shaq the Cat, and it's Shaq with a Q. Shaq the Cat, who's the Otago ITM Cup. Right. Guy. I mean, Uh,
2: to start what have cats got to do with... Well, this is the
1: point that he made. He said, cats had nothing to do with Otago Rugby Club. (laughs) He said, (laughs) also... The funny thing was it's a borrowed one because it was originally the mascot for the Otago Nuggets, which are a basketball team. And obviously, okay. cats. is are... oh, Is that why it's called Shaq why for would Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, but why would that have anything to do with Nuggets? He didn't play for the Nuggets, but did he? he?
2: But if he was a basketball thing and this happened in the 90s, maybe they just <laughs> were like...
1: Oh, I see. Jesus, that's some degrees of separation right no, there, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah... If Shaq had played for the Nuggets in America, Mm. the Denver Nuggets, is it?
2: Yes. So that could be it. Yeah,
1: if it was basketball (laughs) in the 90s, it could be that. Yeah, but it's Shaq the Cat. But why a cat? But anyway, because obviously it's nothing to do with Nuggets or gold. No, it rhymes though, doesn't it? As Paul pointed out, (laughs) Shatter the Cat actually rhymes. I could see why they didn't (laughs) go for that. Um, (laughs) Now, the thing about the Shaq the Cat thing, one, he's got really quite evil eyes when Mm. you see a picture of him. He's a Black Panther-looking thing with yellow eyes. Um, and it seems to do something to the people that are inside the suit. Oh, God. One of the guys was censured and sacked for wanking his tail like a penis through his legs at a game. <laughs> <laughs> so pulling his tail through, his back tail, not his boy tail, and wanking it off. And, um, and then Amazing. another bloke who was in the suit, a gentleman called Clayton Weatherston, was later on was found guilty of stabbing his girlfriend 216 times. Jesus, Fuck. And if you want to actually have a look, when well, you have a look for clay, Holy
2: shit! I've just found a photo of him. And yeah, I was going to say he doesn't. He
3: doesn't.
1: Terrifying. <laughs> he doesn't look like somebody who'd stabbed somebody 216 times at all, does he? <laughs> yeah. Not.
3: It's,
1: it's yeah, the he's, eyes. He's, he's an evil-looking man. You can see yeah, why he put a no, cat's dude, head on himself.
2: Yeah, that's, that's weird
1: and disturbing. I came to the conclusion that the suit must be like Christine in the Stephen King novel. That anybody <laughs> who goes in it becomes evil. And he's taken over by the spirit of the suit.
2: Have you seen um, Clyde, the Glasgow Warriors mascot? No. Which is a um, a Highland cow wearing a kilt uh, and a hel- uh, warrior helmet. And just looking a little bit too... He's got a sort of slightly too keen grin on his face. <laughs> like, he's, like he's really trying hard to please. But oh. it, it's not working.
1: And also... Yeah. A cow can't be a boy, it must be a bull. Or have they got that wrong as well?
2: That's a good point, yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: he has got horns, actually. But at least it's it. an
1: identifiable animal that makes some sense, like an Aberdeen Angus-type cow or something. Yeah, I there is some really,
2: you know, Highland cow, kilt, yes. warrior <laughs> helm. It all makes sense, even <laughs> up if it's to slightly a point. weirdly put together. The Osprey you know?
1: makes sense, you know, up yeah. to a point. A tiger, less Leicester mm-hmm. Tigers, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Some of it just simply doesn't. Speaking of things that don't yeah, make I any mean, sense... Yes. And mascots. um, I'm, I feel rugby is a poorer place today.
2: Oh, uh, this is... this. I mean, I was having quite a bad week anyway, and then this happened, and honestly, I just... I, I very nearly just wrote Monday off. <laughs> I mean, yes. The Sunwolves have... What...
1: Well, let's remember the symbols you see, have taken the disappointed already because they've already taken a step towards having a sane shirt.
2: Exactly. They've replaced There's... the mental thing with the psycho wolf on it. Yeah. And replaced it with something that's, you know, in, grown up and sensible and normal. Yeah. And now, as if we... <laughs> but they sort of, at the time, they kind of at least countered that with that insane song. By that yeah, that's true. Band.
1: But then we thought, all right, you you've got a normal shirt, but then you have this yeah. ridiculous, like dad metal yeah. anthropomorphic band yeah. singing yeah. a, 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 a if, song. If,
2: if we're talking the scales of sanity yeah. and insanity. They were balancing it just about, but now they've gone and taken the finest mascot in world rugby, the insane, psychotic-looking man wolf with the hand, the human hands <laughs> thing, <laughs> the terrifying eyes and the terrifying eyes, and they've replaced it with a fucking cartoon wolf with kindly eyes and an adorable quiff.
1: Yeah, it's a kind of anime-inspired, large-eyed, gentle-looking creature. Yes,
2: and that's not what the Sunwolves are supposed to be. They're supposed to look yeah. rabid and borderline insane. I yes. cannot but feel like rugby's lost a little bit of its soul today. they are
1: supposed to have fast hands, decent running lines, and an absolutely insane and terrifying mascot. Yeah. You know, I, if we can't expect that from you, you know, I don't know I don't understand anything anymore.
2: Do you know what it is? They've got Philo Tiertia in, haven't they, as head coach? And right. I can't remember a more no nonsense, <laughs> no fancy Dan shit person in the history of Welsh rugby yeah. than Philo Tiertia. So he's basically stamping his no nonsense smash them in the face personality across everything.
1: Now you and see a, they might well, win, but who will be the real winner? That's what it, certainly won't be this podcast. Let me tell you. No. So yeah. Great. So you know, rapey wolf is no more, and this oh. little cartoon thing has has come in. Apparently, they they've put it out at the press conference to appeal to women and children, which is slightly judgmental with the women, but you know. <laughs>
2: Some, some of the uh, slightly backwards cultural attitudes. Yes. It's
1: like that old Harry Enfield sketch, isn't it? You know, I don't know much about politics, but I like puppies and fluffy things.
2: <laughs> Give them cutesy eyes. Oh, absolutely yeah. ridiculous.
1: Yeah, so that's that. Speaking of other news, before we get into the weekend's action, <clears throat> mm. um, Cockers goes to Edinburgh.
2: Yes. Let's hope it goes, his overall career directory goes better than the last English coach that took over at Edinburgh. Yes, who's currently sitting on a big fat payoff from Bristol? As I was say, he's currently without a
1: job. Yeah, he's mm. um, got a point for them, I suppose. He is a decent coach. I it's think a, he'd probably it's run a his great time at Leicester. For Edinburgh, really. Also, I mean, because he's in Scotland, he can headbutt people with impunity, probably.
2: <laughs> exactly, and because it's in Edinburgh, and you know, they don't get a whole lot of attention. He can do it, and nobody will really notice either. That's I true. Mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So best of luck for him up there. The other big, yeah. the other news this week was that. Um, Wheelchair Rugby's lost its funding from UK Sport today. Yeah. Now, like. the interesting thing for me on this is, right, they used to get £3 million a year mm. wheelchair rugby from UK Sport. They, didn't, they came fifth at the last Olympics, but they, they were very close to topping their group, and it was one of those, and they've lost the funding now. Um, yeah. Now, it seems UK Sport's view is, hang on a minute, it's £3 million a year. Do you know how much the RFU puts in? How much? 100k. Now, there's two things with that. One, I suppose that there's a larger question. Is wheelchair rugby considered part of that term, the wider rugby family? That is the question, isn't it? Because certainly, obviously, other forms of rugby are um, sevens, uh, junior rugby, women's rugby, etc., men's rugby... But it seems that because it, it started did it start in America as murder ball and stuff? Is it because it's yeah. not really seen as a rugby thing really? I think
2: yeah, they they call it rugby as much as anything because you smash people.
1: And people can understand that.
2: Yeah, whereas when you look at the game itself, really it's got it's more like basketball Without the bouncing,
1: rugby. yes. Yeah. And the um, but what is interesting is is that I think they're basically saying the RFU should put their hands in their pockets given how much money they've got. But then again, this is the UK team. Mm. So actually, it shouldn't just be the RFU if it's going to be done. It should yeah. really be all four unions that are doing it, really.
2: Which, in it switched, I mean, fucking good luck with that, and getting the SRU, <laughs> WRU and RFU to all chip in yeah. together.
1: into something that might not be, quote-unquote, part of the wider rugby family. <laughs> At least that's the point yeah, you might make.
2: It's, uh, it's not really going to... I don't know, it's funny, isn't it? It's, I can sort of see UK sports point of view. I can sort of see RFU's point of view. Yeah. But I just think, you know, it's such an as much as anything, it's stupid because it is one of the most popular Paralympic sports. It is and it's one of the most people love know,
1: seeing people in wheelchairs smash the shit out of each other. They genuinely do, you do, do with people who are not in wheelchairs, you know. It's just yeah. a perfectly human thing
2: I think to enjoy watching humans smash other
1: humans. It's it's great. What was interesting in the list as well, it said other other things have lost their funding badminton, table mm. tennis, stuff was shit at, basically. Yeah, and the list we did was medal with badminton though, which is years badminton. ago though.
3: No, it was lost oh, we we? bronze. Obviously not yeah. enough is it. But yeah.
1: um anyway, so then Yeah. And then the one that wasn't on the list, sorry to go off track here, was goalball. And I was what like, the what is the that? fucking hell is goalball? And then I, I looked it up and it's that one where the, it's the, the it's the blind participants oh. where the three of them are lying on the floor and there's a ball with a bell in it. And they have to get it yes. into the goal. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's a bit tight. Then I thought, well, hang on a minute. It's perfect really demonstrates equal opportunities when you'll basically shaft a blind sport as much as you'll shaft any other <laughs> yeah. sport really. So yeah. You know, they're not going to be... There's no positive Equal discrimination going on, shuffling. is there?
2: <laughs> that's, that's how GB Sport works.
1: So that was a couple of little news items from this week. So mm. let's move on to have a look at the games over the weekend. We won't look at yes. all of them, but... Shall we start with Sale beating Wasps?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was weird.
1: It was very, very, very weird, yes.
2: Like, it. I did not see it coming, and yet... Well, I guess Wasps haven't won at Sale for like, what, 10 years, something like that? So in many ways, I suppose I should have seen it coming.
1: But and Sale are better at home usually, but they're not better anywhere really generally this season, so that's the surprising no. thing. They, they sort of do of look very good when Olympus they're playing... It's Christmas, aren't they? When they're at home and they're playing with, the, with possession, Sale do tend to look okay. Mm. Um, it's just you can't tell
2: otherwise or not because the atmosphere is so fucking <laughs> dreadful in that stadium.
1: <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> Denny Solomon got a hat trick. I got really pissed off actually watching the game when Dalalio. You know, do I need to go any further? I got really pissed well, off. No, not really, but... says, that well, "You know, we criticise league players sometimes for not integrating quickly enough, but he's integrating. I quickly thought that enough. was a really and I was like, weird whoa, whoa, well. whoa, whoa, whoa! What the fuck are you talking about exactly here? Who, it, who? And it also assumes that people who go the other way integrate really quickly and everything's absolutely yeah. fine.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, because Andy Powell made a massive success of his transition to the rugby uh, league. Scott Quinell
1: wasn't exactly brilliant for at least the first six months at Wigan. You know, it just it doesn't. And that's so many people went. I'm not going to go into this too much, but so many people went north, want of the better, yeah, you know, for that term. We only remember the ones who were world beaters. You know, probably three yeah. quarters of them were shite. Yeah, so three quarters um, of them were like Nathan McAvoy, who went the <laughs> other member and went to Saracens and did absolutely nothing. But um. And who was the other one who yeah, went? Yeah, I he thought went from that Leeds. was very odd. Lee Smith, the winger, he did a, he did nothing as well when he went down yeah. to somewhere. Anyway, yeah, it was a really odd comment that. But it was a very good game to watch. If you're going to watch the game, it was very very yeah, good. It's cracker.
2: Um, and uh, that when that, as much as obviously it was more about sale. When in the second half, when that was backline started deal and did. Eastmond
1: and with Larue, of course, he's and a Larue
2: coming what? on started to like take flight. It was just like fuck me, that That's- is comical.
1: A South African guy got in touch on, not in touch on Twitter I saw it on Twitter, South African commentator, I can't remember who it was now, saying how incredibly depressed he was watching within 10 minutes of Leroux being in a team that actually creates something, <laughs> how he suddenly yeah. looked like a great player all of a sudden again.
2: Yeah, I did sort of think that I was yeah. watching and thinking, it's been a while since he looked that good in an attacking sense for the Springboks, let's face it
1: Yeah, Yeah. so Wasps stay top don't they, but it's a good win for Sale in terms yeah, of being really do a yeah,
2: what's the got minute. the losing bonus point, didn't they? So,
1: what's got the lo- losing bonus point? I mean, there were bonus points all over the fucking place this weekend. Yeah, it, it was an
2: absolute trifecta, it was, just, was, it was... It was. To the premise weekend. Also, I think I don't think anybody really has taken enough time to appreciate what a fucking stunning job Dean Richards is doing at Newcastle this season.
1: It's true, Holy yeah,
2: it's like they're so you know far north and under the radar that nobody really pays them much attention, but. They destroyed Saints in that second half on Saturday, and they did so playing the sort of rugby that people furiously masturbate over when it's at the Rico, the RDS, or the Marcel uh, Michelin. I yeah, certainly it's not...
1: don't associate with Kingston Park very often.
2: No, but they, they, you know, they've got that core of Polynesian lads yes. who are basically just chucking it around. Sonotti, Sonotti. Sonotti, Sonotti, yeah. They and, named him twice. And uh, what's his face who came up from Leicester last season? Gonover. Gonover, and... yeah. And they're going to have, they signed... Uh,
1: they signed... Matavesi and his brother.
2: And his brother. And they signed, uh, what's-his-face, the Maxime
1: Memoz as well. Have they? I've missed that one. Have yeah. they? God, that's <laughs> a hell of a signing.
2: Yeah, so their their backline is going to be Sinotti Sinotti, Gonova, uh, Matavesi... So Yeah. And fucking
1: Maxime Memoz. He d- he doesn't get half as many rave reviews as he should, Juan Pablo sosino
2: no he's very good a very
1: good player i was very surprised in the last world cup he didn't get more game time for argentina because he looked very strong with newcastle leading into that as well he's just yeah. he's just a very classic not you know classy operator
2: yeah massively so but
1: like i mean I they're is seventh just, in seventh now newcastle 36 yeah, and points and
2: they're in shout of
1: the playoffs and it's i mean that might be a bit too much of an ask i think but top half not, good to be too much but of given ask, their previews well, yeah before the season, the fact they're going to finish in the top half is... Um, it's it's remarkable, really. I think
2: it hasn't got any attention because of how undramatic they've been about the whole thing. They've never really been... Yeah, but they've never
1: given in... anybody a hiding, have they? And they're not doing anything no. that's going to rip up any trees. Northampton, a, a win against Northampton two years ago would have been something. This year yes. is a bit... Well, they weren't expected to do it, but it's not seen as amazing that they have done it. No. And as they're you said, that little... means they don't get enough credit for winning a game like that and scoring so many points, actually.
2: And they've just ensconced themselves in mid-table since pretty much week one, and they've kind of never really looked it, like moving either up or down. It must and be weird
1: being a Falcons fan, just being able to relax.
2: Yeah, especially after the last couple of seasons, you know.
1: Exactly. I mean, they must be used to thinking, you oh, know, you know, fucking hell, It's, it's February. It's freezing. <laughs> we're losing again. And actually, now they can probably enjoy their rugby for the rest of the year now because yeah. they completely look at the teams that are below them
2: that have spent so much more money. You know. Mm. bristol for one worcester sale they've all spent probably three or four times the money and they're not anywhere near (laughs) i mean obviously these things can change from season to season and newcastle were a bit of a shambles last year and they very nearly went down
1: but he doesn't he doesn't tend to manage shambles is though does he you know, no. even his ridiculously unspeakable cheating was well organized until it got found out. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> everything is pretty well planned with him with yeah. Dean, isn't it? Things so...
2: can go wrong, but it's not going to be through lack of preparation on his part. And it's not an entire
1: system failure. It. You know, you haven't yeah. like like it looks like it's becoming again at Bristol
2: massively. So, yeah. Speaking of which, Holy Speaking fuck, they were terrible.
1: <laughs> was it thirty points to three down after half an hour?
2: Yeah, and the, and the worst part is that after 10 minutes, they were 3-0 up. <laughs> so in the ensuing 20 minutes, they somehow conceded 30 points and went on to concede 50, just looking fucking awful.
1: Owen, like they were, Owen Williams. They were again.
2: bad against Quinns last week when I went to watch them. I think they were probably worse away to Leicester.
1: Owen Williams looked like a combination of sort of Bowdoin Barrett and Arnold Schwarzenegger. against that team. He looked absolutely spectacular. And everybody knows that he's not really. Yeah, he is basically
2: our version of like a sort of Billy Burns kind of character. A very solid club player, but Mm. I'm not entirely convinced he's ever going to be a test player. And yeah, it's he looked... I mean, okay, he still managed to blot his copybook by allowing himself to be charged down by a fucking prop with a bleach-blonde mohawk. (laughs) They'd stopped
1: caring by then, hadn't they? It was just completely (laughs) beyond... They were trying everything at that point.
3: He was giving it the full
1: Carlos Spencer by then, wasn't he? (laughs) But uh, uh, Bestie got in touch on Twitter, at Blood and Mud, saying the two things he's really not very happy about is Bristol reverting back to getting their pants pulled down every week. Mm -hmm. And to make it even worse is that next week they've got Bath.
2: Yeah, at home. Yeah. And they are going to get absolutely...
1: <laughs> it's going to be an insurance job, as they say. Oh, it's going to be horrible.
2: Like, Bath might not be... I mean, on the plus side, it's next week. So, at least Thalipa Falatao won't be just striding through their midfield, <laughs> destroying everything in his
1: path. Can you imagine like imagine him Twiz- running at that defensive line.
2: <laughs> it's just like, where do they start with that? It's like... I mean, Quinns are not
1: terrible on defence, and he's like, let's move on to Bath Quinns then, while we're talking yeah. about it. Um, Bath Quinns. I that was a, I watched that this weekend. I've, I'm just I'm in the middle. I've done nothing for the past what feels like most of my life recently, <laughs> but chop wood. I've moved out. I mean, a load of trees it's cut down. A
3: hobby,
1: mate. It's good. So, I, but I'm just chopping wood. All and it's it, 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 I spent about three hours thinking this is nice. Feeling all manly with me little little beard. <laughs> chopping wood up with my axe that I've bought. And it Mm -hmm. very quickly became the most tedious thing I've ever had to spend my time doing, like everything becomes eventually. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's my life. So I I took a break from that to watch Bath Harlequins. And to be honest, the tedium was not really resolved
2: by watching Bath Harlequins.
1: It was was an entire collection. It was one of those games, and we say it before, that should have been soundtracked by a lot of zoinks and boings because there were so Mm. many poor handling errors and stuff. But Bath did just enough, and Rhys Priestland looked
2: <laughs> weirdly very
1: Reese priestland in a way, completely emotionless. <laughs> and He's probably got to be walking on sunshine,
2: to, to quote that song um, at the <laughs> moment, though, because he might not have ever been able to oust George Ford as Bath's first-choice fly-half because England international, young, talent, etc., but I think he's looking at Burns coming down and thinking Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fancy my chances I can against you, mate. Out. Yeah. Even me he's with, my lack, of, with my lack of self- my lack of self-belief.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Black on the next season. Right. Which one is believes in themselves the yeah. least this week? I'll leave them out. Wh- which one of the which
2: one is just lost in a fucking Which one isn't crying this week? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Burns you're in this week because Prieston's been crying since Thursday. Um so <laughs> Yeah weirdly three,
2: you know he, I think Priestland might actually make a good go of it at Bath now if cuz all he, when people was, show confidence in he him he generally very, plays very, quite well
1: very very deep very very mm. deep John Kingston the manager yes. of Harlequins who was never a small gentleman <laughs> I get the feeling that managing in the premiership is leading to him to stress eat from the look Did I think he's doing a lot of stress eating <laughs> he's like die young but times 10
2: when he was confirmed i just was shocked at quite how large he was these days um and i don't think he's been pulling a steve bruce and going on a mid-season diet either it's um
1: no he's really it's It's,
2: it's remarkable to me that somebody can work in that environment
1: where do you find the time to eat that much food. I always think that about incredibly very large people. I think, you know, I tend to come in from work, and I'll be honest, I'm a snacker. I have my tea, and I snack a bit, probably a bit too much. But how, you know, if you work and you come in, how much would you have to eat between going then and going to bed (laughs) to get to that size? I I, I can't, the maths doesn't stack up. But also, you work... in a professional sports environment. <laughs> if only you had like, access to nutritionists and things like yeah, that.
2: Yeah, it's like you've got a nutritionist there all the time. Surely somebody in the club's nutritional like team is just sort of occasionally wandering into his office and sort of pulling the sort of family-sized maybe... bag of Mars bars out of the drawer what's or whatever the fuck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he did go to the nutritionist and say, what's the best way to get unbelievably fucking fat? <laughs> Because I suppose they could advise on that as well, couldn't they?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, they they probably know what not to do as well as to what to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's just weird, isn't it? It's, it's but very, I, sorry. Surely, yeah. you, you just hit, like, you can be fat and still be fit. Don't get me wrong. Oh, Hello? yeah. yeah like... BMI
1: is a crude measure. But I don't think yeah. he's fit.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he doesn't pass the eye test in that <laughs> regard, as they say in American football circles.
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry to go off and riff mm. on the size of Joker, but I was genuinely quite transfixed by the size bloke, of his he? head. His head yeah. was just enormous. With like, he, he looked like he'd been put through one of those fat face apps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's always unfortunate when you look like an app just in life, <laughs> isn't look it? You
1: like you've been created by an app, yeah. Know <laughs> what your problem is, mate? What you look like you've been created by an app, and not in a good way. Oh, uh, mm. what was it, Vicar Bob used to say? You not know, I hate most about you. What your top half?
4: However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you—brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of life. so you can choose life with benefits, style with benefits, sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at lifestyle.sports.com.
0: On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story Less than 1% of people get addicted to OxyContin Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history A pharma company is lying about their medication Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale These people trusted me Can't believe how many of them are good now Dopesick now streaming, only on Disney Plus Plus. 18 plus subscription required, T's and C's apply
1: <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that was Bath Harlequins. Now, should we talk about the thing that I couldn't... I I genuinely thought the internet had broken when I got up on Saturday morning because I'd not seen it on Friday night. Gloucester had beaten Saracens.
2: Mm. Well, I mean, they fully embraced Saris now, that customary two-month period of giving <laughs> everyone was ex- else a bit of false it's hope. It was exactly the same
1: last season, wasn't
3: it? Yeah. Around right about yeah, this the time.
2: Nations, they go... Oh, we're going to look moderately human for a while and everybody's going to think that maybe they can actually beat us and then Owen Farrell's going to come back in four weeks' time and we're going to click into fucking smash, kill, destroy mode all over again.
1: Sean Flynn got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and said, it shows you the decline, just how deep in a trench the decline of the drop goal is that Saracens couldn't even kick one to get a losing bonus point.
2: That is fucking shocking. Luzowski
1: spanned a drop goal to get a losing bonus point. That's how deep this failure has become.
2: Even when it, they're controlled by robots and algorithms, they still cannot execute <laughs> and Hey, shit. Here's a
1: point, but Mike Hemming got in touch on, on Twitter as well. And this is a very important point. This is a good point. There's an inexplicable link between the Sarri's dip in form and Trump's inauguration.
2: And that is a very good point. Actually, there's a glitch. Yeah. now
1: we're talking about you know if they can, if the Russians can hack an entire American election, well, then surely well, they can hack into a leading rugby union team's mainframe.
2: Absolutely. I mean, and let's face it. There's a there's a very good you know Russia are starting to to make some some. Small noise in the in the Challenge Cup, you know. You know, and all those teams are starting to come through. And Putin, hey, Putin's
1: would... a man's man. He likes a exactly. man's sport. He Remember, man's Romania sport. were very good when Ceausescu was in charge. So, exactly. You can say what you like about him, but you know he he put a lot of story in rugby and its manliness. He, did. he, he didn't put he a did. lot of story in human rights and not murdering people. No, but I mean, but that, he did put a lot of story. Both... In...
2: Both Putin and Chechnya's well, exactly have Well, exactly. That was my problem. point,
1: you see. You know, he doesn't mind knocking a few people off to get his own way, and he likes no. men who are men. Grr. So maybe. And realistically, he, this is what,
2: what he's probably done is he's hacked into the Saracens' you know, control database and he's stolen everything that they have to make them brilliant, and he's going to then plug that into Ivan Drago style into Russia's next generation of rugby players. And I look forward to playing Rugby World Cup 30, 20, something uh, in Moscow in the freezing cold <laughs> in
1: September. To come back to the actual rugby that was played, the, uh, <laughs> the, the Gloucester simply did not give Saracens any time at all. It just shows you, like Ireland with the All Blacks last autumn, it just shows you mm. no matter how good a team is, and that Saracens team, even with its absences, was, was still a decent team.
3: Definitely, no matter how... Yeah.
1: Good a team is if you get at them in defence at the right time, they start to struggle, and that's Absolutely. basically what happened.
2: Uh, my favourite, absolute favourite part of the whole game though was um, the fact that David Humphreys missed <laughs> their winning try, if you, and the video of which is if you, if you haven't seen like the, the video, things
1: ever. if you haven't seen the video, I've actually put it on the Facebook page, so the Blood and Mud it's, Facebook page. Go to that; it's on there. It's only two seconds long. But it will be the best two seconds of 2017 for you. It's the the
2: way that he, Laurie Fisher, jumps in the air, and then all of a sudden, from being completely out of shot, David pops up like a weird fucking bemused Jack in the Box and starts (laughs) staring around as if he can't quite understand what he's going on, (laughs) while wearing, of course, his giant coat of confusion and despair.
1: (laughs) The giant coat of befuddlement. uh, Yeah. But it's like there's so many layers to this. One your team's got a catch-and-drive line-out to win the game. Why are you bending mm-hmm. over what you're doing that's that important to do that? Exactly. Two, why do you need to bend down all that way? <laughs> why do you have to bend down all that way? You're not walking anywhere. If it's your legs, yeah, you're not but... going to trip over. If And then when he did bend down and then he heard an incredible eruption of noise around him, <laughs> why was he confused as to what that would be given that he was yeah. playing at home? <laughs>
2: what about the fact that his entire forward pack and most of his backs were sprawling on the floor <laughs> over the opposition's try line Yes. that he somehow found a slightly confusing thing
1: but yeah it's it wonder- go wonderful go to the go to the Blood and Mud Facebook page it's on there you'll probably have to find it on Twitter as well but it is on there um, yes it's very well worth it. it's the, I just kept I could not stop watching it on a loop it's, I was it's giggling a my arse, genuine arse off
2: genuine wonderful thing it's um, it's pure physical comedy um, and <laughs> I didn't expect I it is a bit
1: like the Dell Boy through the bar thing when Trigger stands there looking round confused where Del has gone, it is a little <laughs> bit like that. Um, also, I noticed, I heard Mark McCaw being interviewed afterwards. Mm. And you know the, the, you know the serial killer, John Reginald Christie? Yes. Well, I never heard him being interviewed, but every time he's played by somebody, he has this really emotionless northern voice. He's from Halifax, was not he? And I couldn't help but think of him when Mark McCaw's been interviewed <laughs> on Friday, this kind of completely deadpan. Obviously, he's from Northern Ireland, but
3: John he Christie had this perfect. kind of sort of like
1: no, I want to give you an abortion, it's fine, sort of thing going on. And that there's something about Mark McCall that makes me think of that. I didn't kill him, it was Mr. Evans from upstairs, yes. There's, there's something about that He's going on. That
2: sort of, he is the perfect coach for Saracens in the sense that...
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no need for emotion,
2: he, yeah. yeah. Brendan Venter was clearly too animated. Yes. And there's just, yeah, he is just... yes. Emotionally, he is like a weird android. A weird <laughs> Northern Irish android.
1: <laughs> I didn't kill any of these women, no, officer, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was that. Um, Lester, we talked about Worcester. They look a lot yeah. better, Worcester, with Heman Hugard back.
2: Yeah, well, I think that was kind of always obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, he... And they played an absolute fucking cracking game between Exeter and, and Worcester. You've got to give it to them. Exeter? They, uh,
1: have... They conceded, sorry, they conceded and scored thirty-five points last week, mm. and this week they conceded thirty-two points and scored forty-eight. There's
2: not a great deal of defence going on in the Premiership.
1: No. This year, well, not this weekend. It's still no wonder it? that
2: Saracens are running away with it because they are the only team that can fucking can defend on a consistent basis.
1: It is true when you go back. I'm just scrolling through the, the kind of results over the year, and there are a lot of twenty-five plus scores.
2: going on there's a lot of gaudy scorelines out there and particularly with Exeter 57-22
1: against Worcester 21-3 against Sale I'm going back now I'm just looking through them 31-10 against Leicester on on Christmas Eve you see if you'd have (laughs) said to me oh Exeter's scoring shitloads of points I'd say well no I don't think so but actually they, they really are yeah
2: they're scoring tries for fun. It's just they're also conceding them for fun a lot of the time yeah, as well.
1: 424, so... 306 against. And Wasps are 478 hundred and 346 against. And they're yeah, top well, of Wasp the table. Yeah, Wasps have
2: conceded a seven try bonus points this season. Wowee. Which, yeah, for all their brilliance in attack, you get the feeling that that is the thing that is going to probably cause them a problem at some point. You know, you yeah. cannot ship 30 points a game. Even if you're scoring, you know, 35 40, because eventually somebody is going to stop you from scoring 40, and it's going to be Saracens.
1: Um, right, that was the Premiership. Very yes. quickly, the table. Wasp remained top, Saracens are second, Wasp was six points clear now. Bristol wow. looks absolutely ridiculously doomed. Oh, they're so fucked. I think even Wasp, even Wasps, they don't do too so well now, they've got no chance. No, they've got no they, chance, they... Bristol. Uh, yeah
2: it's game over isn't
1: it? will Leicester get into the top four is probably the question because Harlequins aren't going to do it so it's it'll be Wasp Saracens it's Wasp Saracens Exeter Bath top four with Leicester in fifth at the minute mm. it'll be perm four from those five won't it Who no, knows? we'll see yeah we'll see right we pro 12
2: it, yeah yes uh, very quickly a fun Saturday night I had
1: yes I didn't see this game Ugh. I just saw you having a meltdown about Maitreya on oh, Twitter please fucking dreadful
2: but yeah it was a massive game and I hate to be a cliche but it was a game of two halves because <laughs> genuinely the Ospreys probably played perfect attacking rugby for the first 20 minutes they could have scored four tries they scored two because of a couple of forward passes but um, yeah and then they inevitably spent the rest of the game struggling to cope with Munster's power but it was a really cracking game and you know Munster managed to fucking Munster it out in the end as they have been most of the season Um, And it would have been a fantastic advert for the Pro 12 because it was such a high-intensity game and such a game of good quality. And Mm. if not for our old friend, Pro 12 refereeing incompetence.
1: (sighs) Uh. Now, I saw this tackle at Mm. the end.
2: Tackle in weird
1: Um, I've only seen a gif of it, right? Yeah. So I'm going to have to say that. I didn't see there was much wrong with it. Well, he's not using any of his arms. I but I, put I thought Beck stepped into him. So I don't know how you use your arms when you've had your timing ruined by somebody stepping into you. Because he kind of put well, his I... shoulder and his arm was coming up, but then Beck kind of came into him. This, you know, I hate myself now for having this discussion. It becomes so tedious. But well, exactly.
2: And I can see that. I can see your point of view. I, I think that. He had abs- he never had any intention of raising his arm. He you was leading I, I've only seen was, a gif.
1: I will have to say yeah. that. I've only seen a he gif. Was
2: going, he was going for the big fucking smash to try and get him into touch and he didn't really care too much about where his arms were at that point. Um, but the fact is that the game was decided by two points and if that's a penalty, then that's a clear penalty try. Hmm. And... Matreya refused to even ask the question of the TMO. They checked the grounding of the thing that Beck did eventually actually score, but it was base of the corner flag or some bollocks like right. that. I've never heard anybody say before, but um yeah, you know, they asked what about the tackle and Matreia didn't even
1: ask. That does you know, seem odd. I can see yeah. I could I I'm not I have a slight disagreement.
2: You think that in a game that tight yeah. in a game that big you would probably It'd be want very to surprising.
1: It's very surprising he didn't. That. They tend to
2: check these things now. Yeah. Yeah. And Blair Liendal had a conversion that he was convinced he'd put over that the. um, And that looked an awful lot on the replay, like it went over. Mm. To be honest, he refused to go to the TMO for that as well. Um, He basically. I've gone on it before, but. The quality of officiating in the Pro 12 just hobbles it as a competition because it's so bad. And no matter how good the games are, how intense they are, how much skill on display there is, because there was on, on Saturday afternoon at the Liberty, it was a fucking cracking game. It was an intense game. It was a proper contest. But because the ref or the TMO doesn't either follow the rules, or bottles a big decision, or can't keep control of the game, it just continually ruins it as a spectacle, and it damages the integrity of the competition, and it's so fucking boring, and I'm so fucking fed up of talking about it, but... It's we'll
1: leave it not at that any then. <laughs> No, a Betrayer is yeah. massively out of his depth in particular. Um, and I don't really know what he's supposed to do about that because they've got to have somebody from Hugely. Italy, haven't they? but um, well, do they? Well, Which the brings Pro a larger point of, ref. do they need to have anybody yeah. from Italy? But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so going yeah, back well, to Pro let's, 12. Let's just
2: table any talk about Italy and their worth until after uh, at the England game next week because I think we might well have a chat yes. about that then. <laughs> Um, yeah, elsewhere in the Pro 12, Glasgow um, lost again. Massive game between Ulster and Glasgow. Yes, yes, it's, it's quite ironic that Ulster lived up to their best in Europe, billing for the first time in ages without Charles Pieterse. But um, yeah, yeah, they were brilliant. It was
1: absolutely yeah. cracking. If only display. they could bottle and, that and um, open it every week. Yeah, be credit right, to Glasgow
2: they? as well, actually, because they Glasgow hung in there longer than the scoreline suggested. Uh, even though they were basically missing their entire team, thanks to international call-ups. Well, um, yeah, and it was a really good game. Yeah, really Robbie Alexander
1: choice. raised a very good stat on uh, Twitter, saying that Glasgow's mm. Pro 12 record outside of the international window is 8 wins from 10. Inside the international <laughs> window is 0 wins from 5.
2: Yeah. I mean... <laughs>
1: I don't I'm know what you can Irish do fans. about that. So I, you, when, I know all about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and but when you're a team like Glasgow, there's only two teams there. You're gonna, you, you can't carry two squads of a standard that can play international rugby. Not no, you know really A squad can't. that contains and... two playing squads that can play international rugby you just can't do it, can you?
2: No, exactly. It's and it, and it's a problem that the Pro 12 really does need to address, actually, and we just can't But when there's so much problem we have a league where there are you know in england and in france the international call-ups spread between 12 teams whereas yeah the pro 12 you know scotland's internationals are spread between two teams yeah wales it's four ireland it's four you know and when you carry on playing during the international period you are basically having teams that are shorn of basically everybody and i don't really understand why they think that that is somehow going to make you know they i think they know that this doesn't make the league attractive because who wants to see you know munster and osprey's going hammer and tongs missing conor murray and alan jones and reese webb and simon zebo and you know it's yeah yeah It's, you know, that that game should not have been that, you know, on set and and the same with the Glasgow Ulster game, you know. Why bother?
1: While we're on the uh, Pro 12 and with the Cuthbert Police on Cup was played again this weekend, the Shitwatch, and with the crushing inevitability of a curry after being on the piss all day, the... uh, (laughs) Treviso went and lost again to Cardiff again by a it sizeable I mean, racking up of the scores. In fairness to them,
2: though, they were making a go of it because it was only seventeen thirteen to Cardiff at halftime. But um, and all how did it finish, Treviso? Fifty-seven <laughs> well, twenty Barry Treviso in the second half. Didn't it, it did go to
3: yeah. Treviso.
1: So they have now had the Cuthbert Police on Cup gripped in their Italian hands since the. 6th of January which makes 45 days.
2: Big 4-5 indeed in the big and four also um, with all part of the shipwashed service they also uh, helpfully reinvigorated Alex Cuspert into an attacking threat uh, which uh, I guess we'll get onto in a minute. That's but um, some yeah. going.
1: Yeah That's so us. finally just quickly on the table with the Pro 12 uh, Munster remained top, Leinster then Ospreys and Scarlets uh, and Ulster in 5th.
3: Hmm
2: it's an interesting table. And Glasgow year, in
1: six, yeah. It's like, I can't see Munster and Leinster coming out of that top three. I can't no. see Ospreay. So I suppose what, Scarlet's Ulster and Glasgow fighting over a space?
2: Yeah, I think it seems like most Glasgow fans have given up on top four now, but mm. I seem to remember that they did that this time last year and then they basically ran the table and finished second. <laughs> so so
1: you never know. Yeah,
2: I'm fully expecting Glasgow to do that again, given that that's what they've done for the last couple of years. But um, yeah, we'll see.
1: Right, that sums up the reviews of the weekend. So we've got a little new game for you here, ladies and gentlemen, mm. which uh, we are calling, I don't know what I'm calling, said it or said about. Now, what this is, is basically me and Josh are going to read out quotes to each other, which you yes. have not seen. Uh, and we have to, I'm going to read a quote, out and I have to either ask Josh who said this or who was this said about. And I'll try and My keep some...
2: Fucking dreadful, so I'm Well, so's mine. You have to, so,
1: well, yeah. This might be too difficult for anybody, but play along <laughs> out there. Yes. Please do play Show along and sit, let us because we're going to keep score here. See how many yes. you get in total. So I will start, Josh. Carry on. Obviously, I'll give some clues, all right? Okay. But to start with, I won't. So, who said this? Right. There's a fine line, and cards seem to find their way to me.
2: Um... Hmm. I don't know who it is off the top of my head, but
1: who gets a lot of cards? I suppose start from there. Hmm.
2: I mean, you've almost given me two. It's it's not Big Jim Hamilton, is it?
1: It's not. No.
2: Uh-uh.
1: It's an uh, English person,
2: right? Is it Joe Worsley?
1: Nope. You got one more guess.
2: Uh, uh, it's a
1: re. It's a. It's uh, he's playing. Haskell. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Although obviously you would think I would throw a Haskell one in. I haven't. That's a clue. <laughs> that Dylan Hartley said that. Oh, of course he fucking did. Oh, obviously. So that's a zero. So you have to. Right. Go on and you 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 go to me then. Yes.
2: You... Um. So uh, this is. His gnashes are the kind you get from a DIY shop and hammer it in yourself.
3: <laughs> oh, <God.
1: laughs> Who's got bad teeth then? I've got to think about. Is it somebody with ridiculously bad teeth?
3: Um I wouldn't necessarily say that actually. I think this is quite an unfair quote. His gnashes. Well, I don't know, give us a clue. Um
2: he is a an England player Um from the eighties to early nineties.
1: Oh god Jeremy Guskett?
2: Uh no however he is a broadcaster
1: Oh uh, Martin Bayfield
2: No but you're you wanna think slightly earlier than Bayfield.
1: Slightly earlier than Bayfield. Broadcaster. But Brian Moore. It is indeed Brian Moore. Oh, got it on the third guess. That was that right. was Paul Randall uh describing
2: oh. Brian Moore in oh, the Moore. Uh, early nineties.
1: Here's one. Uh Right. Yeah yeah, my next one, I'll do the next one. This was who said who was this said about? And this is a contemporary player. I'll give you that. Right. He's been itching to get himself right and back out there, just to release some of his anger. Off the pitch, he's just as angry. He's just always angry.
2: <laughs> um. Oh God, there's there's a lot of who's <sighs> angry. Is it Paul? No. Connell.
1: No. It's an England player. Um, Oh, oh, is it Mike Brown? It is Mike Brown.
2: Yes! Of course he is, Mr. Angry, Yes.
1: Next one. Uh, Oh yeah, my
2: turn, isn't it? Um, I think this is someone uh, talking uh, generally about, well, not about themselves, more about the game of rugby. Um, I think you enjoy the game more if you don't know the rules. Anyway, you're on the same wavelength as the referees.
1: <laughs> oh, is this person a bit of a raconteur?
2: Uh, you could say that they are certainly a raconteur. Yes, uh, do a bit of public speaking these days, maybe.
1: David Flatman.
2: No. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's a Welshman.
3: Oh, okay. i say that.
2: Doesn't know how to use a a big iPad. Oh, Jiffy. It is
1: indeed Jiffy, Jiffy? yes.
2: God, that's odd. Yeah. I was surprised that he had that level of wit. It must have been quite a while ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah. God, I won't fancy him speaking after dinner then, if he's saying stuff like that. Uh, I
3: know
1: right um, number three who said this it was nice being in Paris where you aren't recognised and people think I'm just a tall lanky fella on a scooter
2: (laughs) Um, I'm gonna say Jamie Roberts or Luke Charteris
1: which one are you saying Charteris no it was Jamie Roberts (laughs) I would've said Charteris because he is properly lanky. lanky. (laughs) I'll give you half a point for that. Jamie
2: Roberts is many things. Roberts is many things, but he is not a fucking lanky, (laughs) let's be He described
1: himself as that. Don't have a don't have a go at me. That's what he said. I'll give you half of that. Right. Next one you to me.
2: The next one. Uh, England are the best team in the world by one minute.
1: Eddie Jones. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh the... times change, eh. Yeah. Who was this said about then, Josh? Mm-hmm. My vision is for him to be a barnstorming back row, and we'll see how it unfolds. It's going to be a good journey.
2: Um <laughs> Sam Burgess. Correct.
3: <laughs> hey.
1: <laughs> Mike Ford said that about Sam Burgess by the way oh, Courtney oh, yeah. Laws said that thing about Mike Brown being incredibly angry
2: yes well of course he did
1: <laughs> from one incredibly angry man to another right so that was my fourth one you've got one more you've got a fourth as well
2: yes I have uh, if you can't take a punch you should play table tennis
1: Richard Cockrell
2: uh, no he's French and a lunatic <laughs> <laughs> obviously
1: French are a lunatic. Oh, God. You going to to, you're going to have <laughs> no, to no, narrow no, it down. No, like... um, French are a lunatic. Can't take a point. But sort of
3: a chippy little lunatic.
1: Morgan Parra.
2: No. But you are thinking right position.
1: Fabien Galtier. No. Michalak.
2: No. Damn. Pierre Bebezier.
1: Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I am too. I'm, I need to go back in time.
2: Yeah, uh, there, are too, there are too many borderline lunatic French rugby players, really. I didn't narrow that down for you at all.
1: Um, right, who was this? Last one for me, then. Last one for you. Yeah. Who was this said about? He's a mercenary. There's no question about that. But he's a terribly <laughs> gifted sportsman.
2: Um, Sonny Bill Williams?
1: Correct. Yes. Laurie Maines said that. About Sonny Bill, Bill Williams. <laughs> Last one for me.
2: And uh, who? my final one then uh, is who is this person referring to uh, in this quote? I've seen a lot of people like him, but they weren't playing on the wing. Jonah Lomu. Hang on. Yeah, calling me yes! Jonah. Yes!
1: Right, so ooh, <laughs> four points to me, three and a half points to you. Oh. So, that's me winning that one. as a As a brains trust of a pod, that's a total score of seven and a half out of ten. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you were playing, I, I'll, a lot,
2: I'll take that. Yeah,
1: it's not bad, is it? We did give a lot of clues, but I'll yeah. t- I'll take. So, <laughs> out there, ladies and gentlemen, if you could let us know, how did you get on? Did you Did you find that easy? Find it difficult? Find that were you screaming at your yeah, screaming with your be headphones be on that we should have known them? Right then. So that's a little game uh, for that one, and we'll probably play that again at some point. Let us know if you enjoyed okay. it. Okay. okay, so let's do the shit good rating, shall we? Let's. Let's do that.
2: Should we start with shit or good?
1: You decide, Josh. Um, I'm going to start
2: with shit then. Right. Um, my first shit um, is that the Tonga Wales test in June um, when they tour the Pacific Islands has been moved um, from Tonga to New Zealand which is quite shite because um, it's a security and health and safety thing. Basically, they can't guarantee that uh, that there's a, if there's a serious injury that they could get them to a hospital in time and all this sort of stuff. So, because well,
1: um, there are no hospitals in yeah. Tonga,
2: um, not of equivalent uh, sufficient quality for uh, for the insurers to be happy. The, the W I use. Yeah, basically, and I understand that, that, that you know they don't have much choice in the matter, but it's still a massive shame because Wales haven't toured the island since 1994, so yeah, it would have been great to see. They are still playing in, in Samoa and in Fiji, though. So Well,
1: that's good. Um, shit for me was, we've talked about it briefly, but I'll just reinforce the point, the Bristol defence.
2: Oh, really bad.
1: And in, in that yellow away kit, although you keep making the point that it's gold, but in that yellow it's away gold. kit, ironically gold. In that yellow away kit, they kind of look like a load of custard creams attempting to stop a cannonball. <laughs> it's just, it's, it just, it's ridiculous. And also, everyone was raving a bit about how JP Peterson was back this week. But did you see his first try?
2: It was comical.
1: It was a like, cross kick. It was this. then bounced back. Was ricocheted into his knees, and then he kind of wa- Then he didn't. He lo- He kind of danced jazz hands. Stood with yeah. his jazz hands <laughs> going. Say, I haven't touched it. I and then just it. fell on the ball. So, you know, we've shown once you know that's why he gets the big bucks. So that the ball can ricochet yeah. off his knees and then he can like <laughs> do a bit of a jazz dance and then fall on it.
2: Exactly that, yeah. It's that's why they pay him the big bucks. No, it was yeah. Under no so, there were, people are talking about Leicester's revival. Under no circumstances should Bristol away from home be judged by under any sort <laughs> <Yes>. of <laughs> Yes. Otherwise, as I said
1: before, you would think that Owen Williams is a mix between Bowden Barrett and Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: Yes. What well, exactly? So while yeah, we're on wingers was... and
1: finishing, Graham Love got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and said, uh, "Shit it was Edinburgh's inability to finish," and he had a little video with it, and it was, and it's if you haven't seen it, it's Tom Brown, the winger for Edinburgh, when he gets a lovely floated looped pass. It's beautiful. Put right into his two hands bread basket. Which he then basically wanks all over the floor.
2: Just span like literally throws it on the floor like an angry toddler, and then he kind of falls to his knees
1: and does everything but sort of go why to the to the sky basically.
2: (laughs) As well, you should you know it's yeah no it fucking awful absolutely really bad. Um, other shits for me. Um, the Guinness Atlantic League (laughs) or whatever the fuck (laughs) they are going to call it. I got. I was gonna.
1: I was going to mention this because Ellis Davis on Twitter just tweeted us saying for shit. He had shit, hashtag yeah. shit, and it just said this fucking nonsense and had a, le- yes. and had a and link to the Pro 12 America quite, thing.
2: Quite a few people um, have been saying that this week. Basically, the two most popular things that have been in my mentions for shit this week have been Marius Matreya, which we've covered, Um <laughs> With, for obvious reasons, and um, this shambles of a fucking... According to the Scotsman, the Pro 12 is planning to have two teams in North America for the start of the 2018 season, one in Canada, one in the USA, and it's a fucking hilariously shit idea. Like,
1: But hang on, let's I'm explore awesome. it. Why is it such a terrible idea?
2: Well, for starters, there is no market for rugby in America, really let's mm. be honest certainly not for bad rugby <laughs> which
1: is which is what it's going to
2: be yeah,
1: if you like go, if you're gonna take rugby there you don't want to take yeah, bad rugby there yeah they're yeah, not gonna flock America's, to see zebra play chicago are they
2: no and well that's, it's not even in chicago if it was in like chicago and new york then it would still be silly but it wouldn't be quite as silly but they're talking about placing one of the teams in houston in texas and the other one in fucking Vancouver in British Columbia both of which are on the western side of the north american continent
1: when i was um when i was playing second team rugby in south wales a taxing guy came to play for us mm he was a second rower and he 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 was big on it in university and stuff yeah. and he was he did brilliant team, you know, pep up talks during the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, so, you know, we've got to get some momentum back in this game and stuff like that. <laughs> and we'd all kind of just stand there going, I bet you love sh- that. But well, we'd be sort of going, I'm fucking on go over, shut up. But kind of thing. Um, but, and then he, I'll never forget that in the clubhouse afterwards, he told a joke about how he'd end up getting arrested for something. And he basically probably peppered it with about 27 N words.
2: Delightful. That's
1: what I most remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About him that that he used to say momentum, and that he 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 told an anecdote absolutely riddled with yeah. the n-word. Yeah,
2: love the racial epithet. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's not this. It's a ten-hour flight from Heathrow to Houston.
1: Yeah, like, and ask Argentina that's... how that goes. By the way, when they're doing well, exactly. Yeah, and they're talking about the stupid thing is that the
2: other stuff that they're talking about, which is. Splitting the Pro 12 in two and having two conferences so that they can play less games, have more games with all the internationals there, and stop playing during the Six Nations, which, you know, as I said earlier, would be a massively helpful thing. But then they're ruining it by, I mean, the logistic is not just a logistical nightmare, but it's got the potential to, in a very short period of time, destroy the Pro 12 and destroy rugby in the USA in one fell swoop. Because if you try and bring professional rugby to North America and it's half-assed, they're just not going to give a fuck.
1: Yeah, they won't have that, will they? This they kind won't. of feels like. Have you? Ever, did you watch Mad Men? Yes. Do you remember the guy in Mad Men who'd inherited. He was like an heir and he'd inherited. I know exactly what you're going to say. It's High
2: lie all over <laughs> yeah, the again. Yeah, the, like the
1: bloke, he said, I've got a million dollars to spend on promoting High which for those yeah. who don't know, is that basket game where they throw a ball at a wall with a big basket on their hand.
2: Yes, and occasionally somebody gets their face caved in by <laughs> it's a fucking the, ball. like two
1: hundred mile an hour ball thing. Well, yeah. yeah, and he yeah. was convinced that with the right marketing, that high line would become the new baseball, and yeah. it, it no. kind of smells a bit like that, doesn't
2: it? It well, the problem is that they would have, the USA and Canada would have to go full Argentina and basically say you're not playing for your country unless you come. Yes. Home to America or to Canada and play for us,
1: and then that would ruin and, their entire development. Or at least it would for the next great number yeah. of years.
2: And also, I can you look at play people like Wiles and Samu Manoa, and yes, you know they're just going to look around at that and go, yeah, you're all right, actually.
1: But what a you know. dr- what a draw it will be when um when you know the the Houston. Whatever, whatever the Houston Cougars play against the yeah. the Roma Ocelots.
2: <laughs> well, I'm guessing that's the thing. They're gonna. I'm guessing that for the sake of, um, desperately attempting to promote something, they would put the Irish teams in with the American ones because there's some sort of vague kinship there. Um, however, yeah, however, by which I mean half of America thinks it's Irish yes. even when it's not. Yes. Um.
1: However tenuous it may be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Or they could stick the Italians in there as well, because the other half think they're all fucking Italians. That's true.
1: But I suppose that is, in a way, why it would work in somewhere like Boston or New York or Chicago.
2: Well, I mean, there is a a very good reason why when the premiership attempted to do the whole thing in New York a couple of years ago, they sent London Irish
1: over. Absolutely, yeah.
2: Um, But it's just a shit idea. It's a badly thought out idea. It's going to be ruinous if it goes ahead for everybody involved. Yes. And that is just, it's peak Pro 12 desperation <laughs> because they're so fucking desperate to get money from TV and for people to start giving a shit about it.
1: Yes. And they just, oh, it's annoying. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so it's a very bad idea. We don't think it's a very good idea. I think we've made that point. No. Um, and that's
2: without, Before we even get into player welfare, which obviously yes. Argentina have writ large this season.
1: Shit for me was the yellow card for Worcester. Oh, God. That was oh, when the game
2: stupid thing that was, yeah, that
1: was when the game really got away from them when, eighteen
2: uh, points in ten minutes, yes, that, that went ridiculous.
1: Now you can say well, Exeter might have scored that many anyway, but I'm not sure really it could have been a, it could have been a, it might have been a, but I think it would have been like a bit of a, bit of a bum squeaker. he'd have had the chance to win hmm. it, I think he wasn't for that
2: yeah, I completely agree with you oh um, Soros Rex got in the touch. shit
1: go on you go.
2: No, no. Uh, the other shit for me is uh, the Pro 12 Man of the Match award. Now, either I, this is something new or I've missed this. But like most Man of the Match awards, right? They're like usually a trophy or a medal. We all remember that that weird like yeah. alien egg thing from the Rugby World <laughs> Cup, classic, and a <laughs> and Joe Lawes Joe Lodgebury's
1: face.
3: Yeah,
2: looking <laughs> <And laughs> like a, like a bloodhound. Right? Yeah, but apparently not so in the Pro12 the Guinness Pro12 I should say which I discovered on Saturday when Alex Cuthbert was getting his man of the match award mm-hmm. they gave him a 24 pack of Guinness <laughs> literally <laughs> I'm not making this up like you can look at the footage post game Cardiff and Treviso and there is Cuthbert being presented with a crate of the black stuff like not in a
1: presentation case or anything not just in like but... like draft cans in cellophane in
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally in cellophane, like you get from a cash and carry. Like, how fucking bush league is that? Oh, Do we that talk is about- just.
1: you no mentioned the word
2: desperately courting America. You've
1: mentioned the term peak Pro 12. That is it, right there, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they just forgot the actual prize and were just like, oh, we've got to present every summer. Yeah, 24 cans. Also, should they really be giving a professional? Road That's the other 24 <laughs> fucking cans of Guinness. That's not, especially one who's in a precarious form situation as Alex Cuthbert. Jesus Christ. Don't drink away your do.
1: troubles, lad. No problem. The yeah.
2: last thing he wants to be doing is spending his Sunday fucking curling <laughs> out the blackest shit imaginable.
1: <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow, Alex? I'm to sit in my armchair, <laughs> and I'm not going to stand up till so I've gone through his entire fucking crate. <laughs> I'm going to piss me pants sat down and everything, because that's the level of self-hate I'm working on right now. Yeah, uh. so another shit was Losaurus Rex got in touch on Twitter and she said mm. shit for her was the fucking Lions team of the week every fucking week, every fucking where. I have Lions fatigue and they're not even on the plane yet. It's true. Somebody else mentioned earlier, that you mentioned Delhi, um, somebody mentioned about Denny Solomon scoring earlier. And yes, yeah. IGTE and got in touch on Twitter as well and said the whole fucking Denny Salmonella, he called him, very good. Uh, so <laughs> like had, that, yeah. For England Lions King of the Universe bandwagon, which has already started rolling. So the talk of him <laughs> like bolting for the Lions and the fact he's not even qualified for England till August.
2: No, it's serious. I know isn't he it?
1: scored three tries, but like one of them was running a decent angle from deep, like rugby league players do. But the other two were just walk ins, you know, calm down.
2: Yeah, I mean you can't argue with his scoring record, you? No, you it's can't. what? No, you nine can't. nine and eight yeah. is impressive. And you can understand that whatever sale eventually end up paying Castleford in compensation <laughs> when it goes to, to the courts is money well spent.
1: Yes. They're going to settle um, at some point on that one, I think. Of um, course they are, yeah.
2: Um, he's very good. He's clearly very good. And he's taken to rugby like a duck to water, uh, rugby union, I should say. But that shouldn't be any surprise because he played it as a junior. Yeah, so, and it
1: works better with outside backs. It's essentially the same position. Yeah.
2: The hard thing comes when you try to convert rugby league forwards into
1: <laughs> yes, unless you are Brad Thor, but he's yeah, a superhuman into rugby
2: or rugby union backs. You know, Easy it's exception
1: like... that proves the rule.
2: Yeah. So, um, any more shit yeah. from
1: you? Um,
2: well, the one shit that we did discuss before we came on air, oh yeah, is something that uh, Jamie. I, I can't work out if this the... is
1: if this is good though or not. But yeah, go on. I
2: okay. I can tell you it isn't good. <laughs> In its in its shitness, it is wonderful, and that is, um, there was an event on the weekend, um, a Six Nations lunch with Warren Gatland, yes. Um held in Cardiff. That the events room for some reason. Yes, uh, Sean Harley and Jamie Phillips sent this to us on Twitter, and um, <laughs> thanks Sean you For Harley, this, by the
1: way, Jamie, this is brilliant.
2: Yeah, I mean, this has I, I thought that the. Humphreys thing was going to make my day, and then I saw this. And basically, Sean Holly, noted former rugby coach slash rugby and analyst slash um, musician.
1: Well, I guess this because is what we starting to he, realize now. Yeah, yeah, because
2: for some reason, during this rather sort of posh looking sit down around tables and listen to hear what Warren Gatland has to say, lunch. He went full on Brent and went and got his guitar. Go and get the guitar,
1: Gareth. <laughs> and this oh, is yeah. what resulted from it, ladies and gentlemen. You, you've got to hear it. You've Have got a to listen hear to this 30-second snippet of Sean Holly singing quote Waltzing the Wallabies.
2: Fucking hell. Howley,
3: Andy Farrow,
1: green round tree, and they said and they watch, and they pick the big, strong, lying squad. who go a-waltz in the wallabies in three. All together now. Waltz
0: in the wallabies, waltz in the
3: wallabies, we shouted a-waltz in the wallabies in. in three. And with
0: Sam as our captain, and Adam doing
2: the strumming jay, <laughs> we go a-waltz in the wallabies in three. That is, I mean, I like- Waltz in the wallabies
1: in three. <laughs> is, I mean, so like, in,
2: wallabies that... in three-, in three. <laughs> I mean, I assume that was about the Lions tour, wasn't it? The last one. Yes, which is weird. Which is um, weird, yes, which is weird. It was five, four years ago. Don't worry about it. It's the, the best part of that is, I think, that he's obviously he's rehearsed that song enough to, <laughs> he's
1: really
2: to know it. how to play it and sing it, and at no point has he thought, I can't hit that top note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the main bit of the waltzing the wall of I these think bits. I
1: may transpose this.
2: Yeah, maybe just chuck a capo on
1: there, yeah, mate, just and chuck drop a it Capo down on a, there, you know, play it in C and put a capo on it.
2: Yeah, uh, but no, instead he just decides to just <laughs> slightly overcook it and go a bit out. Of tune. And it is the and most. That's not even the worst.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is the most it's cringe-worthy just... even... song you've ever heard in your life. I mean, I don't
2: understand. I would love. I feel like I need to know more. Like. It was a? shot
1: from a distance. This video, yeah. I feel like I need to see Warren Gatlin's face throughout the entirety of this. I would pay
2: literally a thousand pounds to see the exact look on his face when Sean Holly emerged with an acoustic guitar, <laughs> wearing a suit, by the way. That's,
3: it's, what? It's the why most most are bread you?
2: What
1: I've why I've have you got seen. your guitar? Why are you singing? And why, if you are going to sing, are you singing that fucking song? Yeah. And why are you singing it to Warren? Why, why are you serenading so many Warren questions. Gatland? So many questions. Who asked
2: for this? Who asked for this? <laughs> oh, Maybe honestly. this is why Andy Robinson sacked him from Bristol. Maybe he was just sick of him singing all the fucking
1: time. <laughs> and he singing shall go, voice. Shall I go and get the guitar, Andy? Sean, <laughs> no, just fuck off. No, this is not the time, Sean. Yeah. No wonder their morale was through the fucking floor. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? You want a song? I oh, was about. I was about. We have a song. I was about. We kick your fucking yeah. head in. <laughs>
2: Can you imagine him on away trips on the bus, <laughs> just and he and you think you've got away from it, and he just pulls a little ukulele out of his bag. Fucking
1: hell, that was oh, absolutely incredible, brilliant. But also, it it's is. it's he he sings in the same voice. He does those video rundowns on yeah, Scrum Five. He, that's that's slightly sings songy, that slightly sing songy like. Movie trailer voice.
2: Voices that isn't a. He's not actually singing. He's just talking with a slight lyricism to it. It's. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's everything you could want from an incredibly cringeworthy video of an ex rugby coach. And
1: it's like one of those afternoon things. Everyone's sat. Some bloke tried to join in as well at one point. That's the hilarious thing. All together now. Fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Rather, that was shit, but I also think it's kind of quite good. It kind of goes I mean, yeah, straight Yeah, it is a good siege into, into good. Into good, into good. Now, good for me. Yeah. Toby Faletau's switch pass to Semessa and Oh, that was
2: lovely, wasn't
1: it? Which once again illustrates just what Wales are not doing with him.
2: <laughs> also, in that same match, um, towards the end, when he sort of popped up on the wing in space and took a beautiful pass from Tom Homer and just started absolutely eating up ground off the wing to the extent where the commentator confused him with Rocker Dagoonie because he was just <laughs> absolute. And it's like, fuck me. That man has only played, like, 30 minutes of rugby in the last three months, and here he is just covering ground like a winger. He is a
1: ridiculous
2: athlete, yes. I and mean, you don't ever see it in Wales. He's never in space.
1: No. And to, to sum up uh, Bath's problems at the weekend... Immediately after his wonderful switch past Rocker Rocca which sent him beyond the line, the next phase, which should have been a try because it was a three-on-two, was completely <laughs> and utterly mangled by Jennings, the, the winger, it, uh, the yes. centre, because it was a three-on-two and he threw a miss pass straight to the winger, eating up all of the overlap that they had.
2: Yes. I mean, it says that we were talking about this before we came on, but Ben Ryan's thing about how yes. basically rugby is miles behind every other professional sport in the world in terms of the... Effective re- reproduction of skills under pressure. It's, yeah, but, it's basically writ large every fucking time. Yeah, if you, you haven't
1: seen rugby. the Ben Ryan thing, he's written a piece on his own blog saying called "Skills to Pay the Bills." Terrible title, by the way. Get yourself an yeah, editor. Yeah, awful, really bad. But um, he says things like, "When you compare rugby fifteen's rugby fifteen skills at the highest levels to other professional sports, particularly in the USA, we're miles behind." Yeah, because he says about in the NBA, if you look at the way they shoot, it's always exactly the same technical.
2: Yeah, um, and then you process. look at the way that somebody passes the ball on a rugby field, yeah. and even a scrum half—it's
1: you know, the will, shot, not, yeah.
2: will pass the ball three different ways, and he says, and, uh, "Go on." Yeah, it was its it, its it's very true. When you look at it, you know, look at the NFL, mm. the way that they analyze a quarterback's mechanics biomechanically, mm. so that you know a player will not get drafted if his mechanics are not right, if he is not putting the right amount of weight if he's throwing off the back foot instead of throwing. Yeah. If if his arm action is some way not compact and efficient, basically coached out of him until he throws the ball in a perfectly, perfectly perfect and consistent way every single time. You know, and he'll mm. throw a hundred passes in a game, and they will all have the exact same mechanics, regardless of whether he's throwing it long, throwing it short. And obviously, American football has been professional for you know hundreds, you know, nearly a hundred years now.
1: Yeah, and also it's. He, I mean, it's I can understand
3: extensive. that.
1: But he also talks about um, he, one of the things he says is I would say that our catch pass, our pass catch and tackling skills are no more advanced than those playing a game 30 or 40 years ago. That's probably stretching it a bit, I think. You watch a Six Nations game from fifteen years ago and it, looks, he's and it does look different. totally out of the range, But he's not he? totally out of the realm. But that point, it's interesting, isn't it? I've noticed rugby league don't spin the pass very often, to use that as an example, because the, the ball is very rarely passed beyond, let's say, five metres max. So what they've done in Rugby League, basically, is they've realised you don't really need to spin the ball, whereas in Rugby Union, the ball is spun even with a two-metre pass, which you sometimes wonder mm. about. It's, it's why you're reproducing that skill. But weirdly, with kicking, they've, they've done the opposite. The ball is hardly ever spun anymore, even though that's probably, for distance-wise, the best way to kick it. Everything's end-over-end now. So it's like there's no kind of yeah, um, consistency is, to it. It's really strange.
2: It's, it's like you know we've bemoaned the drop goal but you know a lot of that is because players are not good at them because they don't practice them enough yeah you know or the you know the torpedo the torpedo kick compared to the end over end torpedo kicks are harder skill to do because obviously it requires a lot more precision than an, an end over end punt so most players rarely attempt it yeah whereas you know if this was the NFL every single you know and the yeah. punter in the
1: NFL it does help. You've only got they, one job, you know, though, does
2: not it? Exactly. They have only got one job, and I guess that is part of it. Like American sports are so specialised, mm. of they don't have to learn, you know, learn how to tackle and pass and kick and sidestep.
1: Yeah,
2: there is a, a there's not enough thought going into the making these skills and maybe it's a time thing, maybe it's the... A... But, yeah, why aren't they? Why isn't a scrum house pass perfectly identical yeah. every single... It's kind of not really good enough.
1: Okay. Um, good for me was Billy 12 Trees, amazingly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly our uh, little fun and games at his... Uh... His bleacher ble- <laughs> creature expense last week kind of motivated him. So you better get in That's there quick, seen, ladies and gentlemen, because
1: if you want to, if you want to get it for nine ninety nine, the price will be going up soon. The way he played at the weekend,
2: exactly. Once he gets back into that England squad, he'll yeah. be back up to 60 16- I did. Uh, we uh, the pen on uh, the pen G W Glasgow Warrior uh, mm-hmm. fan Good guy, log yeah. uh, amusingly pointed out to us in the week as well that um, <laughs> there's also a bleacher creature of the Pope. <laughs> He's not part of the set with Billy 12 tree, no. But um, yes, there is a, the, po- the current Pope, whose name I can't even remember. Oh, Francis. To be totally honest with you. Um, that guy. That nice. Yep, lovely man. Um, he is also available as a bleacher creature, although he is 1799.
1: Well, that the seems Billy fair enough. only,
2: of course, nine. Yeah, well, I, I would say that the Pope is worth, you know, 1.79 Billy 12 Trees. <laughs> that's, wouldn't that's,
1: you? As a ratio... And I think, I think the leader of the quite world. He's probably generous to say the, leader that really of the he is Five percent as good as the Pope. The leader of the worldwide Catholic Church, the direct line into the will of God, does seem to probably be worth six quid more than bully twelve trees.
2: I think that's probably not an unfair thing to say, <laughs> to be honest with
1: you. Yeah, uh, good was for his Toulouse. I know it's. I know caveat. It was only against that Bristol team, but it's good to see Toulouse Villanu looking very good again.
2: Yes, lovely run with the ball. He really is. Um, speaking of players that haven't looked good in a while, or have been away for a while, it's very good to see uh, Alex Cuthbert being brilliant again against, I mean, again, it was only against Treviso, you've got to <laughs> add that. Hey, but app, it is Alex but, Cuthbert
1: for the past you know. 12 months, you know, he should take it. I'm really pleased for him, because he sh- too. Like, fundamentally shouldn't a be a bad player. Like, the yeah. best
2: thing he could do is go away and go back to Cardiff and focus on getting his form back, and... And it does show the measure of the man that after particularly the week he's had,
1: yeah, fair play to
2: slated from everywhere, uh, you know, to go up and he scored, which is a fantastic finish, and he he made a lovely break to set up another one as well, and yeah, it's probably his best game he's had in eighteen months, and I really hope this is the start of him getting back to something approaching that Lions form, because it'd be very sad otherwise.
1: Uh, Tom Davis on Twitter agreed with you. He also nominated good for Alex Cuthbert. Paul Simmons on Twitter got in touch and said good for Mm. him was Wayne Barnes because of the um, making sure that Matu went off.
2: Oh, the thing with the... Yes, no, I did like that as well, actually. I'm fine, ref, and Wayne Barnes
1: said you're running in the wrong direction. (laughs) Off you go.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it's good good to see referees demonstrate that... um, Thing that obviously they all should do, and and I'm sure do do, but it it helps when a high profile ref in a high profile game does make yes balls definitely. And to be
1: fair, I think Barnes and Owens, for all the piss you can take out of Barnes, actually, he's a pretty good ref, and he's got you he can't find many holes in his work in the past few years. I don't think.
2: Yeah. So uh, yeah, my other sh- uh, good for this week is uh, is Sam Underhill, um, who. Mm. Depressingly, how so many f- fucking caps for England. Like, it's depressing because Wales have played such a big part in shaping a player who could probably be England's open side for the next decade. I would say, like, but he was. Never, I know I'm getting.
1: He was never. He's not a turncoat type, is he? He's never been anything but honest. And he wants not. to play for England. You know, he absolutely he didn't go to Wales he's to always, try he's and always gonna play. try and get a Wales cap and. Not.
2: No, it's it's all been very fortuitous the way that it's worked out for him because, you know, he was just on the weekends to keep his eye in while he did his degree and he's, you know, ended up basically just mm. showcasing that he is one of the best young players in Britain. You know, he's 20 fucking years old and it's not just that he's a monster in defence because he's a huge lad that he puts himself about, but he, he showed in that first half on, against Munster, he makes so many good decisions on attack.
3: Mm really
2: great lines. He makes sensible decisions with the ball in hand. I mean, he showed more understanding in the last 18 months of how to play the open side position in a modern way than most flankers in the England frame at the moment, I'd say. Than most certain red-capped flankers, yes. Well, yeah, definitely, and most of the others as well. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, England, you're fucking welcome. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, we'll gladly I, I'm take that him
2: gift for the next couple of months while I can before he uh, fucks off to Bath.
1: Uh, the last one of the week is prop winger got in touch. That's an interesting idea. A prop winger got in touch on, uh, no, on Twitter and said, not sure about uh, that. <laughs> "Good for him." Was the Ulster try from their own twenty-two? As you said, a bore about yes. their backline. Ruan Pinar at is very best. Yes, we agree. They look very good at the weekend. Yes. Right, yes, that it's brings us
2: stupid that they're going to have to get rid of him, isn't it? Because he is still very, very good.
1: He is, but. IRFU say no. Yep. Right. So that brings us to the end of this week. Thank you very much for everyone who stayed with us. Indeed. We will see you. Speak to you. Me and Josh are going to see each other on Sunday at Twickenham. How exciting! And then we will be. You're going to enjoy that a lot more than I am. Well, you never know. It'll be a good rugby festival in the middle of you know (laughs) in the middle of, of Twickers HQ. That must be wonderful for you.
2: Yes, because there's, there's nothing I enjoy more than watching England basically just have a training match yes, against some mutilating dummies team. wearing Italian jerseys. Yeah, right. Love see, that.
1: You, see you all next week. Good Don't awesome. forget, you can still put your name down for our Super Brew uh, Fantasy League. Why am I saying this? There's only about ten of you left by this stage. Anyway, speak <laughs> to you soon. See you, mate. Right.
2: Always a pleasure. Take care.
4: However, you like to do it indoors. Outdoors, in the gym or playing the field. You know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of dust. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports. At LifestyleSports.com.